0: The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning. It's the Retirement Clinic. Welcome on News Talk 1130 WISN with the Kowal Investment Group. The Retirement Specialist, Joe Still in studio, Chauncey Wise and sell is back as well. Welcome back, both of you. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Great to be back. And great to have you back, Chauncey. Ditto. How are you? Fantastic. Wonderful to be here. Both of you guys, part of the uh, the crew, the folks at the Cowell Investment Group that supplies with daily market updates. Those are live on WISN during the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. News Block. You know, Joe, it's a quick in and out. Oh, here's what the market did today. Yes, which is great for our listeners, but it also plays into one's retirement plan. Correct. We try to take a look at the
1: markets and uh, give you an update on what's going on, but then also give you a perspective uh, from a professional and try to give you some things to think about and some lessons to, to learn you know from how to interpret the markets, how to you know put that in your planning,
0: Not overreact? (laughs) Not overreact, correct. (laughs) I mean, it's been rather uh, bullish. Is that right? The last three, four weeks?
1: Yes, the the start to the year, the first half of the year has been really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm not overly surprised with that. And because we are coming off such a bad year and a lot Mm -hmm. of those uncertainties that we had at the beginning of the year were really lifted. And so there's not a whole lot of uncertainty in the market right now and and that's that's what tends to to help the market react positively when there's no uncertainty yeah. in addition to that corporate earnings have been better than expected
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's a rule of thumb if you're wondering what do i look at to you know have an idea of where the market's going to go look at corporate earnings and if corp- corporations are growing their earnings or if their earnings are better than the expectations, then that will tend to be a positive for the market.
0: Which is why you guys report on corporate earnings in many of those reports. It's why mm-hmm. you look at the Dow is how many trunks? 30 companies, right? Yes. Okay, so we got 30 companies we look at. Dude, I, I think some people do overreact to some of the daily. The Dow is always reported first, Joe, for the most part. Yes, for sure. NASDAQ, S&P 500, phone follow, right? There's
1: there's emotions there that get revved up. And a lot of times, like you said, it's an overreaction. You know, we tend to tell our clients who, the majority of our clients are nearing or in retirement. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you said it, the retirement specialist. That's what we do. We specialize in retirement and retirement planning. And most of those clients that are nearing or in retirement, we advise them not to watch (laughs) their portfolio every single day because there is a lot of back and forth.
0: There there certainly is. And as you get close to retirement age and then in retirement, I think you tend to follow it more than your average 25-year-old out there that's invested in a 401k but probably doesn't care about the little minutiae and is more concerned about long-term big picture, which they ought to be. Right. right. If you get a job with a 401k being offered, especially with a match, um, we always advise taking that. But he, well, let's get on to the topics today, guys. And a little background on the Cowal Investment Group before we start. And guys, help me if I miss out a location headquartered in Waukesha, up in Ozaukee County. You're in Port Washington, Chauncey, and Racine, Heartland, yep. uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yep. And soon to be Delafield. Soon to be. And that'll be nice for Lake Country clients. Uh, Joe, you can meet with clients via phone, conference calls, Zoom, whatever pleases them, right? Yes. Many
1: methods to meet with clients. Uh, We will do uh, a meeting in whatever fashion that it works best for them.
0: Yeah. I know know, the video conference calls. If you're on Facebook, it's called FaceTime. But I'm not not quite comfortable with that.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. Preferred from our perspective, we yeah. want to be right in front of the client and you know get to know them personally. But we did find out, you know, through the pandemic when we
0: had to do it that way for a while.
1: You had no choice that it can work, and it actually works really well for those clients that are out of state. You know, we you live in Phoenix. Hmm.
0: Oh, well, there is a location in Phoenix. Okay, you live right. in pick a state, Florida. No yes. problem.
1: You live in Florida, no problem. And it is preferred to see them and interact with them over Zoom compared to over the phone.
0: Really? Facial reactions do help. Questions. Uh, You can also read people's face. It's like, Mm -hmm. remember during COVID where we had trouble getting these studios open, right, because of safety precautions? I, I understood it. It was so good to get you back and off the telephone. It's just easier to talk and do a show in person. So... That's a little background. The website has more info. TheCowallWay.com. If you have any questions throughout the show, as Chauncey and Joe get rolling here, 262-522-4040 is the main phone number for the Cowall Investment Group. 262-522-4040. Just kind of look ahead in the hour today, Joe. We are talking about when to fire your advisor. That's your topic.
1: Yes, it's a topic I covered about three years ago from my... Kiplinger's article, um, in 2019. And it's, it's one I wanted to bring back because it's very important for our listeners. If you're out there and you're, you're not enjoying a relationship, and I'll, I'll say that, uh, you know, to kind of, um, give you a taste of what's to come. But if you're not enjoying that relationship, life's too short not Oof. to enjoy the people that you work with, both at work and 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 personally, so we have some six
0: tips, mm. you know, that can kind of be a red flag for you. And performance if, is all has got to be up there. Is like what 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 do I want from my advisory performance? Yes, but yes, there's that relationship that's important we, too. Yeah, we call it uh, if your portfolio
1: is off track, you have to figure out why it's off track.
0: Yeah. Yeah. when to fire your advisor looking forward to that one actually joe so chauncey you're going to kick things off um as we talked about uh many times on the show is a million dollars enough to retire just always seemed like that nice round number million dollars
2: yes exactly and it's always kind of been like you just said the nice round number seven figures kind of the carrot that's just dangled out there that people have always said oh million dollars that's great right but how many people actually retire with a million dollars is kind of how they kick off the article. Any guess, Paul, as to what percentage of people actually retire with a million dollars?
0: A percentage of Americans? Yes. Okay. Uh, this, is, this is tough because it used to be a, a lot lower. It has clearly gone up over the years, but still rather low, not a third. I'm going to say 28%. It's only around 10%. Whew. One out of 10
2: Yes, only one out of ten. Now these numbers are from twenty nineteen. They do this study about every four years, so again this year they're gonna do it. Um, but it's only around ten percent of people that mm. actually retire with a million dollars. Yeah.
0: And some might say that millions plenty. You know, I can just yeah. live off the interest alone. I, I've heard that from friends. Yeah. I'm like oh, but did you actually go through and put a pen to paper and do the, what you guys talk about, a cash flow analysis. Yes, and we'll get into a little bit more
2: detail about the cash flow analysis and how we work with our clients and um, how that's extremely helpful. It can give you comfort and make sure you're on track. Um, just a few other interesting statistics I found on here, though, is um, the average savings for people who are 65 to 74 is about $426,000. And once you get over 74, so once you 75 plus, it's about 357000 So, obviously, those numbers are well below a million dollars. Well, granted, right, you have some of those really high numbers factored in there, right? If they have $10 million
0: saved or more, right? that all comes to the average. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers makes, what, 35 in one year, or whatever it is, because he just restructured it. (laughs) He's got a few uh, dollars saved for retirement. (laughs) Yes, I think he could just walk away and be very comfortable. However... That's clearly in the minority. Not many of us have that kind of money, let alone set aside for retirement. Yes, exactly.
2: Um, and another way to look at it is you look at the median. So just a quick review of median is basically cross off the lowest number and the highest number until you just meet in the middle. Right. And the median number is even lower. It's only about one hundred and sixty four thousand um, dollars. And once you get over seventy five, it's only about eighty three thousand Hmm. Um so you can even see people from 65 to 74 a lot of them are spending a considerable amount of their retirement it's not really growing anymore or even
0: staying the same it's actually going down considerably that would tend to be your first decade in retirement yeah that age group so you're enjoying it you're maybe doing a little bit too much enjoying probably
2: at those uh, about that, that new golf cart you know <laughs> exactly. if you live in the,
0: the villages there are there are towns i will say this where I grew up, Random like they passed some sort of ordinance recently. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners in Belgium, same thing. They can now use golf carts really? on any city oh. streets. It's like the you know Florida. You see it, the villages. You see. Yeah. It. I just think that's crazy. I think it's kind of neat in a way. And yes. if I retired, I'm going to be the guy buying the golf <laughs> cart. <laughs> but if you're spending more than, like, you're that that nest egg yes. is going to get smaller very fast.
2: Yeah, and that's what you really have to be careful of. Um, you know, spending too much like the, that temptation is there, especially when you first retire, right? Um, oh, I have all this time. What am I going to do with it? I need to fill it. Um, and so you just really need to be careful, and that's where we're getting into cash flow a little bit and saying how much can you spend and, and still be safe uh, with that. Um, one other interesting statistic in here was just an average retirees' net worth from sixty five to seventy four uh, is about one point two million dollars, right? So that takes in a, your Aaron Rodgers into account and. The homeless guy into account, right? So yeah, the two it's extremes. The it's the average, um, but you know, net worth, assets minus liabilities. So that takes into account people's houses, vacation homes, vehicles, jewelry, all that stuff. Net
0: assets, the equity in your home, or by the time you're retired, I don't know, Joe. You've been doing this quite a quite a while, right? I don't want to date you. Um, people own their homes at that yeah. age.
1: Yes, most of our clients that we see at that age. Uh, own their
0: home outright. Yeah, let's just pick a number, $650,000 home. Right. So that factors into your net assets.
2: Yeah, so that's your net worth, right? That's your total assets that you have. Um, But getting back to the million dollars, is it enough to retire on? So a lot of things come into perspective, right? Or A lot of variables there. So first, what age do you want to retire, right? If you want to retire at 50, you need to save a lot more than if you want to retire at 70. You have a lot longer retirement period to plan for there. And the other end of that is how long do you expect to live? You know, right? If you run a plan, it says, oh, if you live to age 85, it looks great. Well, what happens if I live to 86? You know, typically we're not going to recommend dying early as a planning strategy.
0: No. <laughs> no. What is, I, I quote Jeff Kowal often sometimes you screw up and live too long. Exactly. And, in, in other words, you. I, I, you, you outlive the money. Exactly.
2: And so that's why we plan to age 100. Um, and the vast majority of our cash flows, um, occasionally you have a client that's very insistent on doing it short, and that's fine. Um, but we like to plan for, as Jeff says, in case you screw up and live a long time. Yeah. let make sure your money's going to last to age 100. And age 100 isn't that
0: crazy anymore like it maybe once was. I, I think if you just go to Google right now, babies born this year, 2023, their life expectancy is will be alarming. Yeah. Where uh, right now, I think it's about 77, yeah. 78. I know COVID put a little blip in that. But nonetheless, if they're mm-hmm. living well into their 90s? Yeah. Okay, so you plan for 100, Chauncey. Yeah. That's good. You might have a little extra left over. Exactly. But uh, I, I, I like this article yeah. because, you know, a million dollars
1: back in the day was was a crazy yeah. amount of money. I remember my childhood best friend, his brother, played uh Pro baseball made it to the majors. And I remember in nineteen eighty-nine, I believe, he signed a contract for a million dollars a year. <laughs> just... And we it blew our minds, you know. And while, yeah. while you guys while you guys were <laughs> yeah. talking earlier, I was I had to look up. You remember the song If I had a million dollars by the bare naked lady. Right. We use yeah. it in Dude our shit. segment
0: later in the hour.
1: Right. Yes. So I had to look up when that was recorded. Can I, can I guess? Sure. Because I, I thought it was like 96. Very, very close. So the original recording was in 1991, but that was when they hadn't hit it big yet.
0: Bare, bare Naked Ladies. Bare Naked artist. Ladies.
1: And that was on one of their independent releases, if I'm reading correctly. Uh, it really became big and made the Billboard Top 40 in 2000. So very close. Well, so, and the lyrics 90s. are, you know,
0: if I had a million dollars, right. I'd be rich. I right. do... It, that was back then. Yeah. Fast forward. It's 2023. Little thing called inflation, right? <laughs> yep. Bingo. Yes. So a million dollars does not go near as far as it did back in. Even pick uh, yeah. 1970, 1965. Right. Boy, is a lot more then.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, you no, know, inflation is something we account for in these cash flows yeah. that we run. Yeah. Um, and the kind of the biggest thing I have starred here is your lifestyle that you want to live, right? And you mentioned it earlier, Paul, if maybe maybe you have half a million dollars and I can retire and live fine. Maybe you've got a pension and your pension social security will cover you. Um but I you know, we can think of clients that have three, four million dollars and it's kinda like, eh, you're cutting it close because just the lifestyle
0: they want to live. Sure. If you travel, go out to dinner a lot. But if you yeah. talk about inflation over the weekend, just again, going out to dinner for two people. Yeah. It's just amazing what the bill comes to, right? You, know, you toss in some wine and the gratuity, you're up at two hundred twenty dollars at a fine restaurant. Yeah. Wow! Look a little closer at the check now, too, because there's
1: a surcharge that they're all these restaurants are putting in. That
0: th- I have to, be, you know, and I'm not no, you know, offense against these restaurants. They they struggled finding staff, right? After being locked down and closed, and then take remember everything we went through. Well, right? They're trying to build it back, so I get it, but. Everything has gone up, Chauncey. That's just food. Yeah. But if your lifestyle includes extravagant things or you want to buy a boat because you live on a yeah, lake, exactly. all of that costs money.
2: Exactly. All those things cost money. You need to maintain all those things. It's a vacation home or maybe like travel. Travel certainly got much more expensive. Um, over you the- mentioned
0: vacation home. Yeah. If you didn't own it and now you're buying it, you're at an interest rate, a mortgage rate that's probably yeah. you know, twice what it was yeah. a couple of years ago. Mortgage rates are now in the mid-sixes. Yeah,
2: and yeah, and to even if you had it before that, maybe you were a high income earner and you could easily manage that kind of a payment, right? Well, now you're retired and the cash flow is a little bit different, maybe, and that payment may be a little bit harder to manage. Um, and so those are all different things that you, you need to take into consideration. I have a, one client come to mind. Um, I actually met with her a couple of weeks ago, uh, and she filled out her questionnaire. She wanted to retire at 67. She put on there, and she says, I, "I just kind of picked it out of out of the thin air." And I said, all right, you know, if we can retire earlier, that'd be, would you want to do that? Well, yeah, sure. So And she had told me she always had an idea, like a vacation home or a summer home, something like that. And um, so I ran the cash flow for her, put in all of her expenses, inflation, um, all those things, and said, you could actually retire at 62. and wow, five years. Five years earlier. Earlier than her yeah, initial she's plan. She's done a fantastic job saving money. Was She's still pretty young. Um, and she's maxing out her 401k, doing the catch-up. She's just over 50, um, and she's just built a really great base for a really good retirement plan. And not only could she retire at 62, she had a little bit of money to spend on a vacation home with wow. putting about $100,000 down payment on a house. And then- you know, a couple thousand dollars a month for a mortgage. That doesn't and she mean she
0: could do it. Doesn't mean she has to. No, but you have the option. But just having that flexibility. Exactly. Knowing that you can. Now, there's important dates, right? Uh, Social Security, that's 62, I believe, right? Yep, you can start Social Security 62. Medicare for health care coverage. That's a big one. Yeah. You've got a job with good benefits and a 401k, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you, you quit or retire, you, yeah. you lost that. Uh, health insurance is very expensive. Yeah. Uh, so Medicare age, that's 65.
2: 65. So that's a, a lot of times you'll see even people just stick it out to yeah. 65 just for the insurance. But you know in these plans. These are these extra expenses, right? You talk about a vacation home. You can put in health insurance, right? If I retire a few years early, yep. do I have enough in there to, to cover health insurance premiums, things like that? Um, and we've had it the other way around too, um, where I had someone come. They wanted to retire at 65 and said, eh, it doesn't look great. I mean, you're gonna to have to retire at 67 probably and you need to save more than you are right now and it's just those are tough conversations those are tough conversations to have but they need to be had and make sure you're getting the client on the right track
0: I, I like both of your examples you know one with the good news oh I can retire early yeah. but the other one think about it you may think you're on track yeah and you got plans to retire even 59, 60 mm-hmm. and then you're no you can't you know you're not going to have enough you might have to work till 63, 64. How do you find out? you guys could do those projections.
2: Yeah. Come in, you know, meet with me, Joe, any of the advisors there, we all do the same thing. And um, like Joe mentioned, specializing in retirement. Um, This is the vast majority of what we're doing all the time for our clients. And we can put together these numbers, have a conversation, you know, what are your goals and hopes and dreams and put it together and see, are you on track? Do you need to do something else? Things are
0: great. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to save more, work longer, and don't put this off? This is something we shouldn't procrastinate. Yes, do it as, as soon as you can. Um, that to me, it's 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 huge. Now, the older you get, the more the horizon becomes a little clearer. Like, okay, I'm in my 50s. I got to start thinking about my yeah, future. but you have
2: less time to make it up. The older you get, exactly. as well. So if you're not on track and you come in and you're 62 and you're hoping to retire at 64, it's <laughs> you're not in a great situation. So there. yeah, this, this don't is, wait on this.
1: This is one of the main reasons we love our job is we get to help people. We get to help people put that plan together. And, you know, if you're in your twenties, save as much as you can start saving as early and as much as you can. And I, and we always give young children of, of our current clients that we're working with, you know, we give them advice on how to get things set up and, and, from a saving even that one extra
0: year can oh, make a huge difference, huge difference, right? So,
1: when you're young, just put it away, yeah. It's 15, tough. 20, 25 percent, yeah, of your gross income. If I you know can it's save tough. that
0: much. Uh, once you start it though, it right? just becomes oh, this is now my new, my new salary, right. this is what I can expect, uh, my, my net, right? You know, what I'm taking home in my paycheck. But it's that first step. Once you get started, it becomes almost a no brainer,
1: correct? But once you get into your 40s and 50s. Now you want to have a plan in place. Chauncey talked about it earlier. This is what we call when when you're able to retire early, meaning, and I would say 62 is early. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. What, what would you Especially say Especially with people living longer. Yeah. But what we call that is the work optional stage of your life. And to be able to put the numbers to paper and be able to see that, the pen to paper and be able to see that- that's a huge thing it for us, higher. not only for our clients, but we, yeah. we love seeing that and we love delivering that uh, news because it's wonderful news. It's also it's
0: that. based on factual math. You're do, running the numbers.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and now, you know, OK, maybe you were planning on an earlier retirement, but now, you know, where you stand at least. What would you say? Is there an average for Americans retiring? Is it 65 or is it more like 67? Is there a full retirement age that we kind of consider rule of thumb? thumb joke i haven't seen that number in a while
1: um i would say it's probably closer to 65 66 would be probably the average age yeah maybe i a little think so. maybe a little older than that
0: yeah like i said you know you can rmds right from your 401 you can start making withdrawals at 59 and a half if you choose to under right, law without penalty without, pen, without mm-hmm. penalties yeah. uh, but do you want to Correct. Start eating away at that. <laughs> yeah. or, I mean, in a perfect world, you want to keep on funding those accounts, right? Right. So a lot more coming up. That was good stuff, Trudcy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, is a million dollars enough? How many Americans have a million? 10%. Yeah, 10%. A- at retirement time, 10%. Yes. That's uh, Does that surprise you?
2: it does and it doesn't right it's it's a it's still a substantial it's a substantial amount of
0: money to have amassed uh, while you're working but yeah a million dollars is still a lot yeah. of money mm-hmm. uh and you are a lot of people just go oh I'll be getting social security right yeah but you yeah. don't want
2: to be stuck in a position where that's your retirement we live in check to
0: check no and just getting by and you said inflation you know price yeah. of everything going up what is your lifestyle do you want to change it some people want to actually would say improve it. I yeah. want to travel more in retirement. I want to golf more.
2: Yeah, and a lot of times people say, you know, oh, oh, I'm going to spend less in retirement. Maybe it's 70% of my current income or 80% was the kind of the rule of thumb. More and more clients come and say, I want the same exact income
0: that I, net income that I have right now. Yeah, not drop off at all. No drop. I don't know why I pick golf is a thing to do in retirement. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something else I can Pickleball. Pick. Yes. Yeah, so That's there the you, thing to do now. That is the new, th- pickleball is like the new golf. You know, you can do it when you're kind of out of shape even because the courts are smaller, right? (laughs) It's like a big ping pong table that you're standing on. Or a small tennis court, however. I, I like playing it. I've played a little pickleball. It's rather fun. That's that's my new one, Joe. Thank you. I'm going to use that. So if you want to travel or play more pickleball, uh, here's the number to call, 262-522-4040. That goes right to the COWAL Investment Group. We've got to sneak in a quick break on the Retirement Clinic, which is every Saturday 10 a.m. today with Joe Still and Chauncey Cell. Coming up, Joe, you want to talk about firing your advisor. You've got some examples of why you may or may not want to, and why you would do that. We'll be right back. It's News Talk 1130 WISN.
3: Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a small business owner, you know eventually the time will come for you to pass on or sell your business. For many, it probably feels daunting. And while there is no escaping the emotional aspect of saying goodbye to the business you've put so much into, there are elements of your exit that you can control. One, set your timeline in advance. Don't wait until you're ready to sell or pass on your business to figure out your timeline. Planning well ahead of retirement will give you the opportunity to create a clear timeline with a sense of orderliness and structure. Two, identify the who. I don't necessarily mean you need to know the specific buyer. Now, it can take, actually take several years to find a buyer. What I mean is, you should outline the kind of buyer you're looking for. Is it someone who aligns with your business's culture or someone who has similar values? If you're planning to pass on your business, be sure to who you are clear about who your successor is and ensure that your successor is fully invested in taking on the role. Three, outline the how. Consider the options for how to purchase of your business will be financed. Will your buyer have sufficient cash or bank financing? Is an installment sale an option for you? If you're passing your business on, be sure your successor fully understands how the transfer will work. There's a lot to consider when preparing your business for sale, but these three steps will give you an active head start. If you need assistance preparing your business for sale, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit com.
0: Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic here on WISN. I'm Paul Kronforst with Joe Still and Chauncey Wisensell of the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. A lot of different topics sprinkled in. As always, the overall theme, Joe, is always retirement, planning for retirement. Chauncey had a great first segment. Kind of alarming numbers, 10% of Americans, only 10, retire with a million dollars or more. Or is, yeah, yeah, million dollars or more, or more. So only one out of ten. And then we gave some other numbers that may be alarming to some of you, or, or may may not. So still to come is the wealth management and preservation segment. This segment, though, Joe, you want to talk about when to fire your advisor, or do you have to fire your advisor? You got all kinds of info. Yes. Now you guys are advisors, so just keep that in mind. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, this. This is a
1: topic that we discussed uh, about three years ago. Uh, came from our article in Kiplinger's titled "When to Fire Your Advisor" in August of 2019. I believe you wrote a you wrote a blog about yes, that. and right. I wrote a blog on our website. Um, you know, and if you do have any questions about retirement or anything, go to our website uh, thekowalway.com. Uh, we have ton of great information on there, including lots of blogs on different retirement topics. But yeah, this is one I wrote uh, about three years ago and talking about, you know, the relationship you have with your current financial advisor and are things working well or are there some signs that, you know, are making him feel like it might be time for a change. And, you know, the article starts off in giving an example of a a couple who, Reached out to their advisor and basically said, you know, hey, we'd like to to do a, I, I call it a, we call it a cash flow analysis, yes. a retirement cash flow analysis. And we'd like to make sure that we have enough money to retire, you know, similar to the topic yeah. that Chauncey was just discussing. And their advisor's response to them was, oh, you guys will be fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: obviously an extreme example.
0: Don't worry about
1: uh, it. We would never do that. Uh, we always talk in terms of let's put numbers to this and let's show you that you'll be fine. let's not just tell a client I, yeah it's it's even hard to say without laughing like yeah serious an advisor would do this yes there are a lot of bad a lot of bad advisors out
0: there. there's so many of them throughout the country. Well, I mean you mm-hmm. worked a long time for this retirement nest egg right right? I, I want to see this in writing, too. I think, it first off, it clears things up. Right. And, uh, yeah, that is a little presumptuous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But like
1: hey, like fine. the medical profession, there are specialists in every area. And there are some advisors out there that are, man, they're great at the investment side. But, may, you know, maybe they're not so good at the planning side. And that's maybe, you know, maybe the case here where they had an advisor that uh, did a nice job investing their money but has no experience or has no desire to get any experience on the planning side. So and that's the, where that's where we really specialize our practice in is retirement in, in retirement and, and planning for um, all of those things that people don't even think about in retirement.
0: Now I'm glad you made that point because again, on this show, we stress it for how many years since 2001? There's a lot of financial advisors in the world. Some have different niches or specialties, right? You clearly, at the Coal Investment Group, it's all about retirement, Joe. Yeah. But that's a big, there's a lot of stuff right. under so, the umbrella.
1: So, we would never say, trust me, you're fine. <laughs> 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 um, we would start that conversation if a client reached out to us. Now, keep in mind, the part of our normal process is to go through that retirement cash flow analysis. But... Um, if a client came and said, I want to review that, we would start by updating those numbers and walking them through that process to show them, okay, you know, here is your retirement plan. And then we stress test it in a, in a bunch of different ways. But um, that would be one red flag if, you know, that it might be time to, to make a change if your advisor reacts that way. But we understand, you know, and it talks in this article about, you know, breaking up with a financial advisor is difficult, especially mm-hmm. if it's a, Somebody you've built a long term relationship with,
0: if it's a personal friend. I was just um, going to say, you might have actually become friends or you might have been a friend before. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if not it's a family friend,
1: do. you know, and maybe your whole, the rest of your family is working with, which I think all those situations can work well. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard that, I've gotten that question from people before. Well, you know, I don't think I should work with somebody that I'm personal friends with. And my response back to that will, would be, well, why? Yeah. Who would care about you more than a close friend? Than a close friend, or even a family member? Again, now, to, it doesn't work for everyone, which which yeah. is fine. But or I some, always I always counter that might by come saying in between right. the friendship, right? Right. And if if something does, we always keep everything is always we we keep personal, personal and business, yeah. business. And you it's okay to. if a relationship doesn't work out. We're not going to take it personally. But um, the first you know kind of red flag in that's that things aren't right is zero chemistry with your current financial advisor meaning you don't like the person well again i almost laugh when i say that life's too short to work with people you don't like yeah. you don't enjoy so if you are looking for an advisor find one that you enjoy working with you, again. It doesn't mean m- it's your mesh with, it right. doesn't mean it's your best friend. It means that you enjoy seeing them. You enjoy, you know, you're not going to dread making a phone call to them. Uh, so if that's, if, if you don't like the person you're working with right now, and you know, that could be, you know, your financial advisor your attorney, whoever it is, then make a change.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you. Life's too short and there's anxiety involved. There's money involved. So right. uh, something to consider. So the, the, the first sign that things are pro-
1: – that it's probably time for a change is zero chemistry with, with your current advisor. The next one they point out in the article is, um, you know, your your advisor is – I think they say cagey when it comes to compensation, about compensation. Um, you know, so if your advisor, current advisor, is not clear to you on how you're paying them and how they're compensated – that that's a problem you know we we make it a point to make sure that all of our clients are educated on and know exactly what they pay us because we don't we want to make sure everything's transparent we want to make sure that they feel very confident that they're getting a value for what we're paying them and there's many different ways that advisors can can charge a client in many different ways they can get compensated um you know the one is becoming way more common these days is a fee based advisor meaning they charge you a fee on the assets that they're managing and you know for us that's how we do it and you know for the most part and you know we let our clients know exactly what they're paying us mm-hmm. how that comes out of their their
0: accounts um, and how we get compensated. And I, wouldn't you agree with the visors not conveying that information, not transparent about it that I, I would ask that question. Yes, absolutely. And, and one of the uh,
1: things they point out in the article is, uh, would you work with a contractor who would not tell you how much he gets paid? No. And again, I, I'm laughing as I'm saying it. The only
0: other world that exists is that someone some would say the healthcare industry. Right. You, I mean, you're going have to have to have the surgery here. There's no question about it. Your doctor's urging you, I don't know what the price is on it. I'll just right. wait till the insurance things come through, right? right. It, it, they all say there should be a menu board for that. It's kind of difficult. I know it's, it's apples and oranges. But there is no other industry. You always know what you're paying. There's always a price tag on something. Right, and
1: I, I can probably speak for Chauncey on this. We see this all the time with prospective clients. They have no idea what they're paying their advisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one thing you can you can feel very confident on if you ever work with us, we're never going to sell you anything. You know, we're going to listen to what you need and listen to what uh, what you're looking for and then we're going to come up with a solution for
0: that. And I, I don't want to bog you down because you got to get through this here and we got to break soon but but Joe you know, the term fiduciary it's tossed around you hear it all the time what does that mean? Correct. A fiduciary is required by law
1: to put your interests before their own. And you want to work with a fiduciary. We are we've been a fiduciary since day 1. We are legally obligated to put our clients' interests first. And that's how we want it to be. If there's a commission-based product, um, you know, I'll I'll pick an annuity, for example. Uh, You know, that might not sit under the fiduciary standard. Uh, And it might have been suitable for that person, you know, when they bought it. But situations and things change. And there comes a point where maybe it's not suitable anymore. And maybe it doesn't fit that client anymore. If you're a fiduciary, you better change that product uh, and find one that, that, is a better fit for the client.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, that describes it perfectly, Joe. Okay. So, uh, Joe still, Chauncey Wisensell. I, w- I want to wrap this up, Joe. We've got a minute or two before we break when to fire or how to know it's time to fire your advisor.
1: Yeah. So the next couple I'll, i kind of wrap together. So there's the next one is about communication and communication. You know, in the article they say communication is spotty. You want to make sure there's an open line of, of honest communication, uh, open and honest communication. You know, any relationship you have in in your life, you know, if, if it's going well, most likely you have a good open line of honest communication. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're communicating regularly with your advisor and they're reaching out to you. You're meeting a few times a year at least to go through things. The next one is your portfolio is off track. And I want to qualify that by saying, Make sure you're comparing apples to apples when you're looking at your portfolio. If you have a 60-40 portfolio in retirement and you're comparing it to the S&P 500, well, that's not apples to apples. That's apples to oranges. You want to make sure that you're comparing it to an equivalent benchmark. That's what we do with our clients. We go through that a couple of times Mm -hmm. a year. Whenever we meet with them, we go through and say, okay, how are you doing compared to an equivalent benchmark? And we want to stick right around that benchmark. And we, w- you know, over the longer term, we'd like to be above that. But if we're around that, we're doing well, and you're earning a, a, a nice return. Uh, so that's, you know, that's the the one that I think people get caught up a little bit in in chasing performance, um, when you have to be really careful there that you know you're not taking too much risk for yourself, and that you're comparing apples to oranges because on the, on the flip side, you might say, well, this guy's doing terrible. Well, compared to what? Well, compared exactly. to a hundred percent
0: stocks, a 60, 40 portfolio is going to lag behind. That's exactly right. Joe is, is it sometimes. And, and I, we got a break, Joe, but that was a good segment. I know we can always reach out to you and, off the air at the Colwell Investment Group, go to the website, thecolwellway.com, or give them a call, 262-522-4040. Sometimes when you fire anything in your life, maybe it is a contractor, like you mentioned before. I'm just thinking of different things, services, right? Yeah, that plows your snow, cuts you. It's a visceral feeling, too. Right. Like you said, things just, there's no chemistry. Right. That was the first one. Right. Chemistry. Yeah,
1: look at your total relationship. You know, if you don't like the person that you're working with, you know, look to make a change. Yeah, and if they're not doing a good job for you, for sure. If they're not communicating with you, um, if you have no idea what you're paying them, uh, it's going to be hard to assess the value. You know that that you're getting in return for what you're paying them. If you have no
0: idea, and we see it all the time, people have no idea what what they're paying their advisor. Joe Still with Chauncey cell Today's Retirement Clinic is on WISN every Saturday at 10 o'clock. Coming up, the Wealth Management and Preservation segment as we continue. I'm Paul Cronforce. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: If I had a million dollars. If I it is time for the
0: Wealth Management and Preservation segment. We noted before the... Newer music for this, the Bare Naked Ladies, If I Had a Million Dollars. And if you go back to the podcast, the first segment, Chauncey, you did it, was, Is a Million Dollars Enough? And 10% of Americans only retire with a million dollars. Well, this is about wealth management and preservation.
2: Yeah, we like to say our show is for everyone, but this segment in particular is for people who have a million dollars or more. Um, And now that you've got some wealth, how do you grow it, preserve it, and pass it on to your heirs? And that last part is really what I want to talk about, um, is just considerations about passing your inheritance to your children. Um, And this is something we deal with a lot, not every day probably, but tons of our clients like to help kids, grandkids. Um, They come in and say, oh, you know, I'd really like to help Johnny pay for a down payment on his house, or you know, my grandkid, oh, I want to give him $10,000 to help pay for college tuition, things like that that are great to do. But the first thing you need to do is make sure your income needs are taken care of first, right? And if we run cash flow, we've talked about a few different times and you say, ah, you're cutting it pretty close at the end. Eh, Maybe it's not a great time to do some gifting to kids or grandkids and make sure that you have enough income to meet your needs. Um, And an analogy I've heard, and I've heard Jeff use it a couple of times, but when you're on a plane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first, right? Before you can help anyone else. Um, And I think it's a great analogy, right? You need to make sure you're okay. Before, um, you're helping kids or grandkids with any of their financial. Your first
0: needs. reaction is how selfish. Of yeah. course, help your grandson or ever next year, right? But no, it, you need to be around to help them. Yes,
2: yes. If in if you don't have the assets to take care of yourself, uh, there's going to be nothing at the end to help anyone at all. Um, one of the other big things to plan for is rising healthcare costs. Um, it's a big risk, uh, especially long-term care costs. We always talk about. Um, People say, oh, I'll gift it away. I'll give it to someone. We have to be careful of the five-year look back. If you're trying to uh, get on the Medicaid, if you gifted you know, $50,000 to Johnny for a down payment at home, and three years later, you're in a your nursing home and spent all your assets, oh, they're going to come knocking and look for them. They, they're going to want that money back. Um, and so you need to be careful of that five-year look back there. Um, and gifting is something that's becoming, you know, I'd say not more and more popular, but especially our clients like to. Um, and so this year the annual exclusion is about seventeen is seventeen thousand um, dollars, and you can split that with your spouse, so each of you could gift seventeen thousand dollars to your your children for a total of about thirty four thousand. And you can go over that; and you just have to use your lifetime annual exclusion, which is twelve point nine million, I think. Which I don't think <laughs> too many people listening are going to use up the full twelve point nine million. See that
1: that's one thing that people don't realize a lot of times when they're giving gifts is that. Yes, you can give a big gift to yes. anyone you'd like, if it's over that thirty-four thousand. If you're married, so that's seventeen a piece. If it's over that, then you just have to file a gift tax return. That's where, you know, a lot of people don't understand. They think, oh, we're going to have to pay taxes. No, you're probably not going to have to pay any no. taxes, but you're going to have to file a gift tax return
0: um, when you when you give that away. Yeah, this um, is something. I mean, there's and, so and, many and the person receiving here. it's going to have to file that. Yeah. Chauncey, uh, does everybody want to give money to their heirs? Not everybody, right?
2: Not everybody. Some people say, I don't want to leave my kids a single dollar. I want to bounce the check to the undertaker, right? Um, but a lot of people do, right? They'll say whatever's left is left. Um, and so you can look at doing things like creating trusts. Um, you can ma- always make sure your beneficiaries are up to date, even if you don't have a trust or anything like that. Check your beneficiaries and your life insurance, your retirement accounts, bank accounts, all those things. Uh, make sure the money's going to who you want it to go to. And those are often great ways to, to leave money behind to your, your kids, grandkids, whoever you'd like it to go to. I, I know it's
0: a little bit shorter because of the clock. I, I think it's a great topic, and that is passing money on to your heirs, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you said before, it's, uh, there's so many benefits, clearly. Yeah. Not everybody's able to, but if you have any questions off the air, what you need to do is reach out and talk to somebody at the Coldwell Investment Group. It's important, 262 522 4040. We covered a lot of ground today. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up. Truncy Weissensell is here, and Joe Still from the Cowell Investment Group, the retirement specialist. The retirement clinic will be right back. Wrapping up today's retirement clinic, thanking our hosts from the CoWall Investment Group, Chauncey Wiesentzell. If any listeners have questions about their retirement plan, go ahead and visit
2: thekowalway.com. You can set up a meeting with myself, Joe, or any of our wonderful fiduciary advisors.
0: Thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L for the cowall Investment Group. Uh, Joe, we can pick up the phone. Yes, of course. If, you have, way. if you have any,
1: <laughs> please call us. I'd love yeah. to talk on the phone. <laughs> if if you have any questions on retirement, uh, if you have enough money to retire, if a million dollars is enough, uh, if you're not enjoying your current relationship yeah. with your current advisor, call our office 262-522-4040, and we'll help
0: you sort things out. And just going back to the full circle, back to the beginning of the show, when Chauncey said 10% of Americans at retirement have a million or more, that might be alarming. Is that enough for you? There's only one way to find out. Yeah, come come see us. We'll run a cash flow for you,
2: get a bunch yeah. of information. What are your goals? And and we'll see. Is a million dollars enough? Um, and if you, we
0: can help you get on the right track if you're not quite there. That's good stuff uh, today, guys. Have a great weekend, Joe. Thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. Joe Still, Chauncey sell We'll see you next time, Chauncey. Thanks. Yep, excellent. And to all of our listeners, tune in every Saturday at 10 o'clock for the Retirement Clinic, also Monday through Friday during the Mark Belling Show for the Market Daily Business Reports done by the Colwell Investment Group during the 3 and 5 o'clock news blocks. That's going to wrap it up. News is next. I'm Paul Kronforst. This is WISN Milwaukee.